Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1. One, one, oh, two, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Dial of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. All right, are you ready for the NBA Finals? Yeah! You know what? That's about the equivalent. <laughs> Bringing him out to do the national anthem should have told us exactly what kind of bunko game we were about to witness. Yay. Will I say drop to Jupiter? You go, hey, yeah, yeah. That's how we do it, Oracle. Get excited. Give me the na, 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 yeah. Oh, say, can you see? By the dawn's early light, tell me. Did you see the Boston Tea Party throwing the... I think I saw them do a performance at one of those Super Bowl. Hey, come off the street and see a band play. <laughs> come see live music. No, one of those oh. in a random park. Like, hey, it's Train. How are you doing? They were, Train were the first people I remember offering what was... It was popular like in the early 2000s where it was, it was all the big deal with Napster and people were getting money for free and all this stuff. Money. People were getting music for free. They were ripping it and, and getting it, not paying money for it. Where Train was one of the first groups that offered a buy our album, and if you don't like it, you return it and get your money back. So you could conceivably have bought it, burned it, and said, "I don't like it." Turn they were the if you don't buy, we guarantee you'll like our album. A way to try to fight against what do we do when people are just getting our albums for free? Let people buy it, knowing we can give it back. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I they were one of the first groups to do that, and now they're relevant again. 13 years later, when the lead singer of Train does the national anthem before game one of the NBA Finals. Who knew? Just a short 13 years. I can't believe he didn't hold up copies of Drops of Jupiter and Meet Virginia. Hey, get our first two CDs. And they went platinum back in 1997 and 99. I figured maybe they'd they'd throw out the tag uh, as he was performing. 
saying now available on vinyl for the first time or, or something like that. Available Get in on vinyl. Hey, hey, vinyl is hip now, Smith. Oh, no. So, hey, hey, they're re-releasing a lot of those old albums now on vinyl. According to uh, the always competent folks that put together a Wikipedia page, Train has sold over 10 million albums and 30 million tracks worldwide. And that's one to grow on. See, we filibustered because this game's not worth talking about. The, J- <laughs> the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info. Visit geico.com. Well, what did I say before the NBA Finals, Mike Harmon? I said the Warriors in a sweep. Why? Because the Cavaliers won't be able to hit threes with Golden State. Their defense is not good enough. And we're going to get the NBA Finals we so richly deserve after sitting through three rounds of a bunch of crapola. And that's exactly what we're getting in Game 1 tonight. The Warriors putting on a clinic, gradually pulling away from the Cavaliers. The fourth quarter just started. It is a 95-72 lead for Golden State. It has been all Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Kevin Durant with 37 dunks now, I believe, if my counting is right. Steph Curry, 26, starting to heat up from three-point range. He has six out of 11 now. Meanwhile, LeBron James, 26, 15, and 7, had seven turnovers in the first half. But right now, honestly, when I watch him play, I'm watching him play in, in as much as we have the last hour or so. He looks like the star player playing with a bunch of JV guys and as a result, he's exhausted from trying to do too much. You can see him. He's trying to do everything. He's trying to get over and help on defense. And what's that? That's resulting in Steph Curry getting open for a three. He's, he's trying to do it all because whatever reason, tonight the, his teammates have not been up to it. Tristan Thompson has been invisible. Kevin Love has been awful, 3 out of 12 from the floor. He's got nothing from anybody else besides Kyrie Irving, who honestly is just having an okay game. He's got 21 points. But it's just an okay game from Kyrie. He's not dominating. He's not knifing down the lane. It's been LeBron James, and he's I, the heavy breathing after every single trip down the floor because he's trying to do it all. Well, and a couple of times you've seen the frustration boil over, too, getting after officials. Got called for a foul on a power move. He got tangled up with Draymond Green, and that's one of the stats to get into a, a little bit more in terms of the role players, the secondary guys in Gold State. They've been ineffective. And that's the the thing that stands out here. You haven't even gotten their best shot, and you're getting boat raced, right? You're looking at Clay Thompson was sitting down at the end of the third quarter, three of fourteen from the field. Draymond Green, as of right now, two of eight, getting back to the free throw line. But but when he made Draymond that move, Green missed most of the first quarter because he picked up two fouls, two really early fast. fouls, one of which was suspect. But then he got made a but good move. But then, on hey, the Draymond Green, it's never his fault. Draymond, no, 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 no. never his fault. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. But never every, every time I watch him, I keep picturing him, the way he, he shuffles back and forth, he makes a big play, pumping the fist. I'm seeing Dennis Rodman when he was playing, a more skilled offensive Dennis Rodman. And I know the comparison's been there for a few years, but I think the it's more exaggerated now, especially when they're up 20 and the crowd's really rocking because of what train brought them earlier <laughs> in the night. But you're looking at... Just between, if you told me Draymond Green and Thompson were that ineffective offensively, there's no way you're telling me it's a 20-point burial. But then you look at just their offensive rebound has been on point, the number of uncontested dunks, even with all those missed layups. They missed 15 layups in the first half of this game, and we're still looking at a 20-plus differential. 
as LeBron's looking for anything of positivity going forward, hoping to to at least stir them going for game two. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, 877-99 on Fox Twitter. At How About a Fresca, a 22-point lead, 96-74, with just under 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Now, certainly some of this is the layoff as far as the sharpness. There's always the the early jitters, so teams aren't going to be as polished. It's affected both the Cavaliers and the Warriors tonight equally. The Warriors have missed layups. The Cavaliers have not looked like a team that on defense knows what they're doing at all. They look like they, they haven't practiced. And the Warriors doing whatever they want well, to. Well, but that's it. The Cavs did well on the outside shooting early on, but that led to a lot of guys wandering like they were playing in a dunk contest. We're sitting here in the Geico studios. I'm holding up 10s and 9s and, and having a, a nice thing like we're watching one of those dunk shows that they had during the playoffs on TNT after they, <laughs> they threw away from the game. The one stat that you can take away from this, and obviously people are going to look at points and LeBron's turnovers, Here's the stat that stands out, and this is why the game is what it is. Right now, the Cleveland Cavaliers, 17 turnovers. Still just under 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. 17 turnovers, which is a little bit more than usual, but still 17. Golden State has four. Four turnovers. Steph Curry's got two. Draymond Green has two, and that's it. They have limited their mistakes to just missing layups. They're not turning it over. Look, this team... Coming in, they've been waiting for this game, this series, for 365 days. This is what they've waited for. And they were able to take care of enough business during the regular season, obviously getting Kevin Durant's a big help, but this is what they have been waiting for. And while the Cavaliers have been trying to get there, you know, you had LeBron playing Drama King throughout the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm going to stop playing and make sure my guys can step up and take over when I can't, hence the drama in the series against the Boston Celtics making up the drama in February and March. They were playing badly. We need Darren Williams. We need these other guys. And they've just been searching. They've they've been very loose, where I feel like Golden State has been there. This is what they've been waiting for. Whether it's Mike Brown or Steve Kerr, doesn't matter. This team has been laser-focused, and this is the exact Warriors team I expected to see tonight to come out, gradually pull away, and you see Kevin Durant announcing his presence in the NBA Finals saying, hey, this is my time now. And Steph Curry having a big game behind him. It's who you have to lead you in game one of the NBA Finals. You expect your stars to lead. Wasn't Draymond's night, not Clay's night, but it's Durant and it's Curry. And that's the scary part for Cleveland. LeBron's had a great game stat-wise. Now, maybe Kevin Durant doesn't score 35 in the next game. But maybe next game is when Clay Thompson scores 25. And Draymond Green is 22, 10 assists, and 11 rebounds. Or Clay Thompson scores 20 in the first quarter. And suddenly they have so many ways to – they have so many star players. And when we play the star game between teams, it's easy to see Cleveland is far and away better star power in the Eastern Conference because, look, they beat the Celtics. Celtics had one star. The Cavaliers have three. But the star power of Golden State with their four big stars really makes – lessens the impact of Kyrie and Kevin Love to where it's really like – it's LeBron going to have to do it all by himself. Well, and that's what we watched as the first half broke down, those number of layup opportunities, the number of uncontested dunks, is that we'd watched Cleveland struggle all year defensively. They thought they'd brought in the stopper and Andrew Bogut. He breaks his leg, and he goes down. So that'll be brought up in terms of the rotations when he was brought in with no other point and purpose 
than decidedly for this matchup so they could work a little bit more on the perimeter. So you're losing a, a, an awful big piece, literally and figuratively. So now we, we watch them chase, and they struggled. Second half of the season. I, I think we probably beaten this one more than anybody of how they were a 500 team. Part of it was they didn't care. Part of it was testing different rotations, LeBron taking days off. But we've watched them struggle defensively, which means now you're trying to pick your poison. Early on it was, let's take away the three-point shots. They weren't there, but that meant Kevin Durant going through and having his own personal dunk contest. I was waiting for the Kia, the official car of the NBA, to roll out so he could jump over one of those. I was waiting for no days off when you were talking. There it is, when you were talking about days off. Well, I'd like no days off, but... We've waited for it, and here it is. We have to wear it. The fact is, you're now looking at as soon as they started to shift and say, okay, let's clamp down on Durant and at least try to slow them down. What happened? You got Steph Curry waving at you and throwing up 30-foot jump shots, nothing but net, and all of a sudden it's like, all right, pick your poison, and you're watching LeBron James' tongue slowly start to trip him up as we get to the fourth quarter because he's got to do everything himself. I got to say, I'm feeling pretty good about my uh, Warrior sweep. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Well, I just didn't right want to copy off your paper, That's so a, I, I had to it. change it up. Uh, I, uh, your big prediction was four guys kicked in the nuts by Draymond Green. The over-under was three and a half. Yeah, you, it would be interesting to know. William Hill, uh, online you know, in, in overseas betting unit, gave out the final numbers of the odds to win the NBA Finals MVP. Durant went off as a 7-5 to five favorite with seven percent of the dollars wagered you had draymond green go off at 17 to 2 with 17 percent of dollars people listen to me when i said draymond irving money because you didn't want to go lebron Mm -hmm. Kyrie irving 20 percent of the dollars wagered on him taking home the crown yeah not so far tonight again 96 76 golden state with the lead just under nine minutes left to go in the game. Again, it's been Kevin Durant, 30 points. Steph Curry, 26 to go along with eight assists. But again, the big numbers 17 turnovers for the Cavaliers, just four for Golden State. JaVale McGee currently uh, is, is up four. He's got four points and five rebounds. Uh, Tristan Thompson, zero points and four rebounds. So winning the battle of that, you know, the guy that wasn't intelligent enough from <laughs> idiotic, anonymous Cavaliers players uh, to play in this series. It's the Chloe Kardashian curse. She gets everybody. It's 100%. Trust me. It's going to it's gonna happen. The card that curse, it's gotten everybody. Now it just waited to get Tristan Thompson for now. It's not like the curse always gets you right away. It's okay. When's the Kardashian curse going to come get me? No, I'm good. I'm good. Chloe Kardashian curse. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then when you least expect it, bam. Two there things. It is. is is this going to be the extension of the ride at Universal with the mummy <laughs> with the Kardashian? And two, is this a theorem that will be taught in classes oh, in 10 years? Oh, uh, you know what? The Kardashian, the Chloe Kardashian. I got to write that down. I got to become a professor. I got to write that down. Become a professor. 877 on Fox, the Jason Smith Show. Again, we'll keep you posted and everything going on with the Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers, all the postgame, everything you need right here. Game one of the finals, not what we had hoped, but still tons of drama, including Kevin Durant. The most popular misconception people have about Kevin Durant coming into this game we'll get to coming up next, Fox Sports Radio. Brick House! What? Sometimes I feel I've got to get away. (laughs) 
No. No, it's a different brick. They got paid for that, right? It's a- <laughs> I was going to freestyle, but I enjoyed your, you know, getting the beat in under uh, Rihanna. I kind of like that. Oh, I mean, it's theft, right? <laughs> no, it's or called licensed. sampling. It's sampling. Theft. Sampling. T H sampling. E F T. Listen, it was sampling when Vanilla Ice said, I'm going to take that crazy ass song that Queen did with David Bowie that made no sense, that was pretty good, and turned it into a huge hit. Still had to pay a lot of money on the back end. MC Hammer said, I'm going to take that crazy-ass Rick James song, turn it into a big hit, and then 20 years later, I'm going to do commercials for how to hang stuff on your wall without putting taper nails in. because he lost all his money <laughs> when they sued him for you know, taking that Don't, don't put that part of the story in. That doesn't make it make sense then. It's reality. Uh, Truth. They coming right. for you. Right now, Rihanna. Esquire. Rihanna getting revenge. On the Golden State Warriors for the 102-84 beatdown. The Warriors putting on the Cavaliers right now. Kevin Durant, 32 points to lead all scorers. Rihanna at the game. And this is always weird. I'd be, you know, whenever someone like Rihanna is a big fan. Look, if I'm Savannah James, I'm always nervous. that Wow, Rihanna's a really big fan of my husband. It's a, you know, it's like me walking around. All of my wife's friends, they all love me, love me, love me. Well, you're the funny guy. And all this, yes. You're funny, you're smart, you're handsome. You always know what to say and what to do. Your muscles are so big, you know. When I see you wear those tight shorts like Austin Rivers wears, you know, my thoughts go crazy. I mean, this is what it's like. I mean. This is what it's like How to live in my you? life. If they actually drop the Austin Rivers comments <laughs> in the middle of it. See, you went too far, okay? You, you got to the edge. You had a bunch of things together. But as soon as you dropped Austin Rivers, it took away any credibility. That 1% credibility that you may have had in that diatribe went out the window. You wear those tight shorts like John Stockton wore in the 90s. And, ah, I just go crazy. I mean, this, I get it. This is what life is like. I'd be always a little nervous. Boy, Rihanna is a really big fan of my husband's. Such a big fan. She just screamed out brick on the sidelines while Kevin Durant was at the free throw line. Durant gave her a little stare coming down the floor a couple of times following that. Oh, he's staring at a lot of folks. And that are getting after him. <laughs> I'm staring at you. He's been eyeballing you. anybody courtside that's even looked at Where's him. Where's Westbrook? Hey, Westbrook, where are you, buddy? Hey, I'm in the finals. How you doing at home? So you got Rihanna yelling out brick and not helping a 21-point lead for the Golden State Warriors game one of the NBA Finals. This is the game we waited a week to have. Durant with 35, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. Steph Curry, 28 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds. The two of them really have done it all. Nobody else in double figures. For the Warriors, it's been a subpar game for Draymond Green. I want to tell you, it's been a subpar game for Clay Thompson. He's Look, been awful. Sub, Dray- subpar is you being really nice. Draymond and Clay are a combined six for twenty-seven from the floor. Six for twenty-seven, and Iguodala's got seven off the bench. I mean, nobody else has really done anything, and it's a twenty-one point. I'm scared out of my mind now if I'm the Cavaliers following this game. Because I just lost to two guys, and they have two other guys who are huge stars that can take over and score 35 points in the game, and they didn't play well. That's scary, man. I'm scared. Well, Clay Thompson's been bad the entire postseason, and this was the, all right, now with all the rotation, he'll have open shots, and he'll start knocking out open shots. He's 3 of 16. He's 0 for 5 from three-point range, four assists, three boards, six points for the night, and a plus 10. But you you look at 
the the stat we brought it out earlier. It still still holds true. They're still at four turnovers. We are under four minutes in the fourth quarter, and they still have four turnovers. By way of contrast, you're sitting at 19 for the Cavaliers. You've got two guys have done all the dirty work, and you're getting boat raced. The fact that they're still in the game uh, is, is something to, to watch here, although I don't know that you have the uh, equivalent of a Zaza Pachulia on the other side. Uh, Durant just hit another three-point shot. So the carnage continues. Yeah, and I know that if you're the Cavaliers, you're going to try to to fix this up by saying, all right, well, none of our other guys played well, too. But LeBron, stat-wise, is having a pretty good game. Stat-wise, he's going to have a triple-double. Right? right, and he's not shooting badly. He's just trying to do too much. This is what he wanted to avoid when he decided to stop playing in the end of Game 3 and, and, and the beginning of Game 4 against the Boston Celtics. He wanted to avoid having to carry the team by himself because he knew, I can't do it in the finals. Not against this team that has added Kevin Durant. As good as Kyrie Irving is, as good as Kevin Love is, I can't do this. I, we can't win if I have to do this in the finals. And look what's happened. This is exactly what he wanted to avoid. And what's going on in game one? He's having a good night, but he is exhausted because he's running around. He's trying to do everything. He's trying to move around too much on defense. He's up and down the floor. This is what he wanted to say. This is what game three and four was all about. And we were in a positive frame of mind. We're good. And now all of that's out the window. Well, on the plus side, they've out-rebounded the Warriors by nine. In this game, shooting a whopping 37%. Look, I'm trying to be Joe Positive. You're like the Bad and, News Bears, and they go, hey, well, we did hit seven foul balls, and Tanner was almost safe on that play. And you're going to have 72 <laughs> hours or however long, you know, like a week before game two. So we play a plenty game of time week. to think about it. <laughs> what do you got, Golden Funk? It's game one, and you're already riding the Cavs off. Uh, I, I Remember pe- last year, they hey. lost game one, 104-89. I know. And what what ended up happening? I I, I know that I was picked, last year. That was last year, and I picked the Warriors in a sweep. As so, as, as Ian Anderson what? once so brilliantly wrote, "Snot's running down his nose." No, it was a new day yesterday, but it's oh. an old day now. It's done. Oh. New season. I thought you were going to say, "Feeling like a dead duck." I think- might describe the <laughs> egos of the Cavaliers players and their coaching staff right now. I think that's what Mr. Met was uh, trying to explain to uh, everybody in the world last night, hey. that the uh, Warriors were going to take game one. Huh? Hey, you got to keep your composure. <laughs> Listen, there's a new Mr. Met. It's a new day in Queens. We lost again, but it's a new day in Queens. There no, you had a new Oh, you guys no, lost we, again? No, no, no. But we'll talk about the, the comedy alert. of errors in that game. That got Terry Collins thrown out. Uh, really? Do we have to talk about yeah, that? The, the, I'd rather the, talk about the, the spelling bee. The ball boy. <laughs> I heard your new mascot is just uh, the letter L <laughs> that sits on the uh, side of third base. <laughs> Twitter at How About a Fresca. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Just over two minutes left to go. 2.16 to be exact. Kevin Durant takes a seat on the bench. His final stats will be... 38 points. He has just hit a three to go along with eight rebounds, eight assists, a 20-point Warriors lead over the Cavaliers. All the breakdown coming your way. The Cavaliers have to be saying this is not what we expected at all coming up in game one. But here's the biggest thing is that now you have three days in between games. And normally you would say after getting crushed like this, you would want to play again give us some time to figure things out, right? You would say, give us some time, let's let's figure things out. But with an extra day, you're just going to continue to doubt yourself because the Warriors, this is what they've been dialed into for a year. 
We'll wait two more days. We've been waiting for you for this long. We're already up one zip. We're ready to go up two zip. They have the killer instinct. And how do you plan for a team that you can't say, all right, we saw all of their tricks in game one? You know what? You can't even say if you're the Cavaliers, well, what are you going to do? Steph was great. Durant was great. Draymond was great. Clay was great. What are you going to do? No, it was two guys were really good and two guys were terrible. So how do you game plan for game two? I feel like game planning for the Warriors after this game is like when you game plan for the Patriots. And what the Patriots do better than anybody else in the NFL, believe me, watch them as close as I have for the last 40-some-odd years of my life, but especially the last 15 under Belichick, is that their game plan for one week, when you think, okay, this is what they like to do, they throw it out, they do something completely different the next game. So you're always playing catch-up. You play them in the beginning of the year, and they beat you one way, and you go back in the rematch a few weeks later, okay, this is what they did to us last time. We got to shore that up. No, they're on to something else. They have another way to beat you, and you're always playing catch-up. I don't know how the Cavaliers catch up to the Warriors following game one. Well, you put up a couple of the positive stats is that they were 11 of 16 from the free throw line. They missed five foul shots, (laughs) and we limited them to 12 of 33 shooting from three-point range. Oh, yeah, they had 31 assists on their 45 made field goals. Look at you, Perry Positive. I dig that about you. Well, I did until I came back and went whack with that last one. <laughs> Ball movement. You're in trouble. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon. Now, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning. Pick up some milk. Watch your Warriors in four sweep. Get off to a good start. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. The good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Coming up in one minute, the game will be over. I'm pretty sure in saying that. And we will break down all the big things to talk about from Game 1 of the NBA Finals. But right now, let's find out what's trending. This is not train. I know it sounds like train. It's not train. You know what, though? This is semi-sonic. If you just let this play, 8% of the audience <laughs> would have known the difference. It, it sounds very Train-esque. And now, if you're the Warriors, don't you have to have the lead singer from Train do the national anthem before every game? No. Why not? You won, you, you won this one by enough. Why yeah, not? Yeah, because that was all him. Really, it was all him getting well, the guy. Hang on. Are you going to pay Michael Buffer to come back, too? Can you say I mean, how, how, you want to talk about a waste of money Can and a waste you- of time? You, you're not jacked up for the... Rematch oh, I'm the, jacked up about the it. third meeting of these teams, in case you didn't know that and weren't aware that they're getting after it again. I need the guy to tell me about Rumlin. Come wait, on. Wait, wait. Yes or no? Was it over for the Cavaliers after the guy from Train did the national anthem? Did not help matters. No, all right. I think it might have so been over before, but <laughs> he helped keep the line moving. We're live from the Geico Studios where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info. Visit geico.com. Game one is in the books. It was close for a little while, but this was one of those nights where the Warriors, their talent level, their execution, won out over Cleveland, 113-90 to is your final score. Kevin Durant decided, hey, I'm cool in this game. I'm all set. 38 points for Durant, eight rebounds, eight assists. Meanwhile, Steph Curry started out slow, but did finish with 28 points, 10 assists, and six rebounds. Only two players in double figures for the Warriors. And what kind of night was it for the Warriors? Well, 
It was this kind of night. James down the lane, throws a bad pass, stolen by Clay. Clay up ahead, Durant. Durant, they'll let him go again for another dunk. He's got 20, Tim. He's got 20 on 9 of 16. Soraya Lewis saying, do we have to go back to grade school? You have to stop the ball. Warriors Radio Network on the call. I'm feeling good about my Warriors in four prediction before the series. But when it comes to Kevin Durant, and obviously he's going to get all the attention coming off of game one with 38 points, and he came out, he was on fire from the start. He had 10 field goal attempts before Steph Curry had two. To be fair, he did. A, he got a lot of wide-open looks. It was like he was in the layup lane. I mean, it was like, did, did he stink? Did he, not, did he not put on deodorant? Because every time he would drive, I watched J.R. Smith just move out of his way a couple of times. Oh, I don't want to get in the way of Durant. He's dunking. Well, there was one what that was hell, man? famous, and that'll be one of the gifts out of this game. I think he was going to hit a spot-up shooter thinking there was a rotation behind him. <laughs> But it was a wide-open path to the basket. Look, two, two big takeaways from this game right away. When I said Golden State in four, two of the reasons I said was, one, the Cavaliers are not going to be able to hit enough threes to keep up with Golden State. In this game, this wasn't even an issue. I mean, Golden State hit 12 and Cleveland hit 11, and it was still a 23-point win. But defensively, Cleveland is just not good enough. They're not. They were barely good enough in the Eastern Conference playoffs. They are getting exposed by a team that is firing everywhere, that is locked in, and as I said a few minutes ago, laser-focused on this series this time around. They looked like they didn't even – that looked like a team that didn't even practice over the course of the week. They were guys leaving, missing assignments. LeBron was trying to help D on every play, and guys are wide open. Guys are hitting threes. Durant is down the middle for dunks every single time he gets the basketball. I think he had seven dunks tonight. This defensively, this was exactly what I thought the Warriors could do to the Cavaliers, and that's what happened tonight. Well, you just saw from an offensive standpoint, it was it was LeBron James and a couple of spurts of guys – Kyrie Irving, but he wasn't consistent at all. Kevin Love ends up with a, a great final stat line, but it's garbage. 15 points, 21 rebounds. It's absolutely meaningless because they came in garbage time. And folks will point to, well, look at the other starters. You know, we, we've talked about the disappearing act of Tristan Thompson on the glass, not existing. A lot of offensive rebounds early for Golden State. And then you look at J.R. Smith. You mentioned him defensively, only one of four from the field. But if I'm going to go and say, okay, the positive is those guys can play better. We've already chronicled the fact that Draymond Green sat down for a lot of the game and was a spectator because of a couple of early fouls and how badly Clay Thompson shot. If I'm going to go and just try to figure out which two are going to have a better bounce back and a bigger impact in game two, I'm sure not looking at the Cavaliers saying it's J.R. Smith <laughs> and Tristan Thompson going to be all world. J.R. Smith is hitting from everywhere tonight. He may be shooting from everywhere, but he's not hitting from everywhere. So we look at that, and, and you're you're trying to find the positives for the Cavaliers in this game, and it's very difficult. They gave up a lot of uncontested open looks, and they did well to close out on the three-point shooters early on. I can't dismiss that altogether. But you had no interior defense to solve the problem. They got lucky. They should have been down 25 at half because of all the missed layups and opportunities that the Warriors let go away, second-chance opportunities that they went that went to the wayside. And now we look at, all right, you'll have two-plus days to look at it. You shrug and say, we didn't even get their best shot. That's the hard thing. You look at the tape if you're the Cavaliers, 
And you go and you watch it, and you're like, okay, there's things we can do better, but we got them playing, what, 60%? Mm-hmm. Maybe 70% if you want to be generous. You didn't get their best shot, and they still boat raced you. 877 on Fox Twitter, at How About a Fresca. Twitter, at How About a Fresca. My other point about this game with Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, everybody was on Mars when they talked about the pressure that Kevin Durant and Steph Curry had on them for this finals. Coming off of last year, losing in seven games and they were supposed to. If they lose again here, it's going to be another season. How come they can't get it done? And LeBron James has done what he's supposed to do. He won round two. Everybody's on Mars when they say where the pressure is. There is zero pressure on Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. None. They're sharing the load now with Klay Thompson and Draymond Green like, they, like they've done all season long. One guy, they know I'm not going to get blamed if I lose because Steph Curry is going to say people are going to blame Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant's going to say people blame Steph Curry. If we lose, it's going to be the Warriors lose. There's no pressure on these guys. Look at the way they're playing today. Kevin Durant is flying from the start, and Steph Curry's hitting threes doing the Draymond Green nut kick as a celebration reaction. The pressure is where it always is. It's on LeBron James. Every finals, it's either everything for him or we tear the king down. There is never pressure on anybody else in the finals in LeBron's era than LeBron James. Kevin Durant stuff, they'll be playing like this the entire series. They'll be free and easy, running up and down the court, smiling, playing just like the Warriors played all season. No pressure on them. All of it's on LeBron because it's always on LeBron. No, that's just it. As we watched this entire season unfold in the Geico Studios, a little bit on Steph Curry at the beginning of the season, right? A little, all right, if this goes badly, it's on him. Draymond Green, as we've talked about, if it were to go asunder, you'd assume it was something he did, getting himself suspended or causing a rift. And Kevin Durant, he's just a guy. He joined the Warriors. It's always important to think about word choice. It's not the warrior. It's it was more the Warriors acquired him, I should say, in this that as opposed to Kevin Durant doing the LeBron James duplication because LeBron James already did it. For everybody else, it's now just part of you go pick the team you want to go to and you move on. He got what four percent of the response <laughs> and anger that LeBron James did, and that was supposed to upset everybody's apple cart. It didn't. He's a guy that he's a great player. I take nothing away from it, but he joined a great team, and it's it's not on either of them individually. It's if the Warriors fail, the Warriors fail. But LeBron stands alone because we're looking at him and measuring him in a whole different way. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend, Mike Harmon. You will hear from everybody tonight. LeBron James. We'll have Kevin Durant. We'll have Steph Curry. We'll have Mike Brown. We'll have Steve Kerr. We will have anybody else associated with this finals who speaks following the post game as they sit down again no one has sat down yet we'll bring it to you as soon as it happens but coming up next if tonight wasn't bad enough news for the nba with the warriors and kevin durant racing out to a 23 point victory in game one uh things might not get any better in the nba for non-warriors teams for a long time why coming up next a big story coming off of game one fox sports radio Instead of the anthem tonight, we're going to do our first hit from 1997. Everybody remember, meet Virginia. Except we're going to change the lyrics, and it's going to be, meet Oakland. Because no town rocks like Golden's Oakland. <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. 
Hey, Derek Carr! Wow, that escalated quickly. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend, Mike Harmon. Great news, great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Question. Answer. Did our guy Kenny Rota go to Oakland oh. today? Uh, or did he stay in Cleveland? Can he show up and go, LeBron, what happened? Oh, he's going to be on a plane. He's got to be on one of those supersonic jets to ask LeBron. LeBron, uh, come on, man. You lost. I had to get here. What happened? Well, that would be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> if you walked in. Hologram Kenny Rota. <laughs> Wait, I got somebody calling in. He's on FaceTime. And he's- there he is. <laughs> I'm going to let this – I'm going to defer. I'm not going to ask, but I called on you. Hey, no, no, no. Le- I'd like to pass the uh, baton. <laughs> About that loss. <laughs> Kenny's just sitting on his couch eating popcorn. Yeah, hey, LeBron. Wait, I can't say. I can't move the phone a little bit. There you go. Hey, LeBron, Kenny Rota. Uh, hey, what happened, man? Just tell me. You know, hold the phone closer so I can hear. Hold it closer. I'm going to be able to hear it. See, he didn't even show up for that one, and he would still get to ask the question. Oh, boy. Hey, a friend of mine recorded this in case this event. Here, I want to play his question. And it's the same question just, over and over. It's just recorded, exactly. LeBron, what happened? LeBron, what happened? LeBron, what, it's just like a gif going over. And then he's like giving the middle finger like like Mr. Met is. Um, <laughs> we're going to hear from Mike Brown, who is the happiest guy in the world right now, coming up in about 10 minutes. He is just sitting down to speak to the media. Golden State leading the NBA Finals one game to none after cruising by the Cavaliers 113-91. to Kevin Durant, the star tonight, 38 points for the Warriors in their win. And the story coming into game one was also all Kevin Durant, where the reports today say that Kevin Durant may take less money, up to $4 million less a year, to stay with Golden State. This would allow the Warriors to keep such key bench players like Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston. Now, when it sounds like you say, boy, he's a nice guy. No, Kevin Durant's not being a nice guy. Kevin Durant is taking $4 million less because he is in the resume-building part of his NBA career right now. 27, 28 years old, he's doing exactly what LeBron did. He changed teams. He met up with a super team. He wants to get those titles on his resume so nobody can question him. And then when he's 30, 31 and hits the back half of his prime, then I go wherever I want to. I go home to Washington. I go someplace else. And I have no pressure on me because I can just say, look, I got these three rings or two rings. And I've been to four straight finals, whatever it is. He's doing that not because he's a nice guy, but because he knows this is what's going to help build my resume. It's the same thing LeBron James did. LeBron wanted to leave because it was he was sick and tired of it's always on me when we lose. When we win, it's well, LeBron's supposed to win. So I'm going to go to Miami, build my resume, and then I'm going to come back to Cleveland pressure-free because I've won titles. This is what Durant is doing now. He can't take being the guy that's responsible for, or losing. He can't take being an alpha guy all by himself. This is why he goes to Golden State, where everything is shared, and he's joining up with Steph Curry. And if the Warriors lose, as you said a few minutes ago, it's the Warriors lose. It's not Kevin Durant's a failure. Oh, it's not. That's not how it works when you play in a super team. When you play with four superstars, you're all going to share the blame equally. If the Warriors lost tonight, they would have killed Draymond Green for the crappy game he played. They would have killed Klay Thompson for the crappy game he played. But if they won, it would have been those would be the guys. 
everything is shared. He picked where am I going to go so I can get the least amount of pressure on me and I'll get the least amount of blame if we lose. That's why Duran is here. That's why he'll take less money because I want to stay and keep the good times rolling and put those titles on that resume. And let's face it, he's not losing any money in this process either because with every game they win and every game they're exposed as part of the NBA Finals package, his shoe deal looks that much better. He sells more merch. So we watched in the Geico Studios, he, Steph Curry, everybody debuting shoes. As you go, Nike did a thing on their app where while he was active in the game, they were selling shoes. If he sat out, they were sitting. They were not going to be available. Well, they, it didn't matter. They sold out of the initial allotment of what they were producing in eight minutes. So it's done. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about a shoe deal that's worth upwards of 250 to $300 million. He can give away the four to stay there and keep winning and put himself in that other category, right? We have the title-winning guys, mm-hmm. and we have the <laughs> you-can-compete-for-regular-season MVP and other award guy, the NBA award show guy. Kevin Durant doesn't want to be in that lot. He wants titles, no. and he'll still get his shoe cash, so he's just fine. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Our NBA Finals Game One post game party featuring Train, Train, yes, Train. We're just getting started. Coming up next, <laughs> All Aboard. <laughs> You'll hear from Mike Brown as the happy Golden State Warriors interim coach hits the podium. Fox Sports Radio. This is the Jason Smith Show. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. My goodness, Jason and my best friend Mike Harmon, who came dressed ready for the NBA Finals tonight. Normally, he wears shorts to show off his quads tonight. He is in a sleeveless T-shirt, a la Tom Looney, showing off the guns because he was so excited about Game 1 of the Finals. Well, I want to show you power as we get into Game 1 of the NBA Finals. We waited a week for it. And I'm still waiting for a competitive game to break out. So hopefully there's one of those dunk contest shows that buddy, follow or some kind of nonsense because still waiting. Still buddy, waiting. I told you, going into the finals, I had a bad feeling that we were going to see the NBA finals that we had seen of the entire playoffs. Everybody, no, no, no everybody I agreed. I agreed with you. And no, and, that, and, that's, and that's the thing is that you, you looked at it and you said, well, here's how it should go. But you were hoping. You were of wishing you were. Of that there was you were. something that was going to spark something different. But uh, that all that we'd worked on since last July when buddy, Kevin Durant know, showed buddy. up in town, that you'd have a great matchup. And now it looks like it's going to be Negan but going he- to work. <laughs> Whoa, that's a freebie for you. The next time Lucille makes her own decision. And I dig that about you right now, Mr. Rick. It's very simple, and people want to make so much of the NBA Finals when really it's this. Look, step, Take a step back for a second. 113-90 was the final tonight. Kevin Durant scored 38 points. He was the difference. He came out on fire. Curry had an okay first half and then was phenomenal in the second half. He finished with 28 points. Last year, the NBA Finals was a seven-game thriller that turned on Draymond Green getting suspended for Game 5. The Warriors had a three-games-to-one lead. The Cavaliers win in seven, and they win a close game seven. Okay? Now, what's happened in the last year since then? Okay, 
The Cavaliers added Darren Williams, and the Warriors added Kevin Durant. That's really hey, what it is. Hey, don't forget about the scoreless Kyle Korver. Sorry, hey. Kyle Korver, who we have the tweet of the night actually is about Kyle Korver. How about that? Coming up in a couple of minutes. Uh, but just think about that. I mean, this is how close it was last year, and the Cavaliers get by, and what's changed? In 365 days, the Warriors have Kevin Durant. I mean, t- tell me how you think that's going to be something that Cleveland can get past and can get around. How do you get past adding a top-five player who is unselfish, who assimilates his game within the offense in Golden State? How are you going to do it? I mean, he's not hes not a guy coming in saying, I need the ball in my hands the entire game like Russell Westbrook. He's not a Carmelo Anthony where I'm an ISO scorer where i got to hold the ball and create my own shot and take bad jumpers. He's not that guy. How do you get past that's what you're adding? Those are the big additions, a top-five player and Kyle Korver and Darren Williams. It, sometimes it can be that simple. Well, and Andrew Bogut, who got hurt in last year's finals that helped open the door a little bit, got hurt in March after arriving in Cleveland. So he's not there to help in any of the defensive rotations. Now it's been masked because you were able to sleepwalk through the second half of the Eastern Conference and, and the schedule, as it were, the final half of the regular season, the preseason, as it's been termed on this show. And then you've got a couple of rounds of the Eastern Conference playoffs, which led us to this inevitability. But at no point were you tested to the point of, of how the Warriors do. And this is with the Warriors playing substandard basketball by their lofty expectations of what their team's all about. And that's the thing, as you try to dissect this, and no matter which way you turn and you try to find the the Cavaliers can do X better, there's four things on the other side that go right back at you going, well, this didn't work for, for Golden State and this and this. The only thing that stands out is the number of turnovers. That's it. That, that's the only thing that the Cavaliers can slow down on, and that still doesn't mean that you're even within striking distance. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox Twitter at How About a Fresca. That's Twitter at How About a Fresca. Uh, we got some tweets coming your way in a couple of minutes again, including the tweet of the night that's got to do with Kyle Korver. Who knew? But I mean, it's about Kyle that? Korver so far. Meanwhile, how about a little bit of Mike Brown? Mike Golden Brown, State Warriors. Interim head coach, coaching again for Steve Who? Kerr. Steve Kerr, again, hoping to come back at some point during the NBA Finals. But it was Mike Brown's show again tonight. He leads the NBA Finals one game to none. Here he is talking about the victory. And, of course, starting things off by saying this is a complete team effort. You know, Zaza Pachulia didn't play a ton of minutes. But the minutes he played, uh, especially at the beginning of the game, kind of set the tone for us on the offensive glass. And, so, you know, small contributions like that from uh, our entire roster uh, bode well for a good game. You know, obviously KD scored and, and Steph scored, but what you like about both those guys, Steph had 10 assists. He also had six rebounds as your point guard. KD had eight assists and then eight rebounds. Uh, and then, you know, last but not least, I'll tell you what, uh, and everybody's probably going to talk about it. and. You know the number wasn't good in terms of three for sixteen, but you know we we've asked Clay Thompson to do a lot throughout the course of the, our playoff run so far. I mean he's guarded some tremendous tremendous point guards, and you know he's chasing Kyrie around and pick and roll action, pin down action, ISO action, and transition, and you're not going to stop Kyrie. Kyrie's going to score. Uh, that's that's what he does. He's one of the best in the world at it, and you give Clay Thompson a ton of credit because. You know, he's out there 
fighting over screens, getting hit, trying to contest, trying to rebound. He's trying to do it all for us defensively. And then offensively, he just keeps playing the right way. That's what we love about him. Coach, when you look at Kevin Durant and his aggressiveness, in particular going to the basket and the way you guys were able to, to dominate in the paint, I mean, did Durant set that tone for you guys? And, and did you, is that something you felt you could exploit? No doubt. You know, we were talking about it before the game, and, you know, Steve suggested we try to get the ball in his hands right away and put him in a position where he can attack downhill. And uh, so we tried to do that early on, and KD didn't settle. When he had an opportunity, he went downhill, and, and it worked out well. Tim Kawakami, Mercury's Mike. We all know that Durant and LeBron's the marquee matchup. Did you, what were your expectations for that going into the game? And since they ended up guarding each other almost the whole time, did you expect that? And how did you think that, that turned out? Uh, I mean, those are two big household names. And so, you know, we know you guys and the fans are going to want to see that and pick up on it. And, you know, I'm sure LeBron probably thinks he could play better. And, you know, you, you tip your hat off to KD because – we put him on plenty of guys tonight. Not only did he guard LeBron, but he, he guarded Kevin Love for a while. And then, you know, we put him on Kyrie also. Uh, so his length and his versatility really help out. And I thought defensively overall on all the guys that he guarded, he did a fantastic job. He was a presence uh, mentally and physically. He was locked in. What was the emphasis for him specifically defending LeBron? Just stay big, stay big in front of him? Stay big. And, and you know, LeBron is – Obviously, a very good three-point shooter, and so we wanted, you know, KD to to you know make him try to drive, you know, at times as opposed to being able to dance at the top of the floor and measure a three, and you know try to use your length at the rim and see if he can score over the top of him. So there's Mike Brown, part of the post game tonight, following Game One of the Warriors' victory, and just real quick about Mike Brown. He's not getting the attention that his storyline deserves because, obviously, of Durant, of Steph Curry, of the star power in the NBA Finals, and rightfully so because it's about LeBron, it's about Durant, it's about Curry, it's about this rivalry, it's about these teams. But this Mike Brown, if you remember him the first time around coaching the Cavaliers, he was able to run through the Eastern Conference without a lot of difficulty, but he was at loggerheads with LeBron James. And there were many times when I watched Mike Brown and I felt like he's figuring out the head coaching thing. He didn't know when to stand up and and, and take a bullet for his players when it comes to yelling with the officials or doing things like that. He didn't know how to motivate LeBron. He didn't know how to do any of these things, and it came across. Even when he was coaching the Lakers, and he came in, he was. I remember his opening press conference when he was talking about, "Have you talked to Kobe?" And he's not. I, I did the texts, and and you know, Kobe will get back to me and all that. And I knew he's still in over his head. He has a tough time dealing with superstar players. Had a tough time with LeBron. Had a tough time with Kobe Bryant. He was gone right away. But now this time around, you listen to Mike Brown talk. You watch him at his press conferences. You hear him right now. This is a confident coach who knows he has the horses. Who knows he can out execute the other team. This is a much different guy than the guy was the first time around with the Cleveland Cavaliers and then when he had that horrible run with the Lakers. He'll wind up with a big-time coaching job coming off of this season, just like it happened for Luke Walton. Stepping in for Steve Kerr, the Warriors were great. Luke Walton gets a job with the Lakers. Same thing will happen with Mike Brown. Believe me, NBA people will see this. This is a different Mike. Mike Brown knows how to get it now. He's managing the egos, quote, in the locker room in Golden State, which, granted, 
they're easy egos, except for Draymond Green. He's the only guy you got to watch out for. But Draymond Green hates Steve Kerr, so he's playing for Mike Brown. So that's pretty easy. But he's still doing it. He will get a big job coming off of this because of that. I guarantee it. No, and that's been the the fun thing, I think, to watch in, obviously, expectations that Steve Kerr is still in his ear. They're still having the meetings. There, there was some speculation yesterday that there was – you know, still that outside chance that Steve Kerr got to the coach's box today. But for Mike Brown, it is about doing a little bit of that Phil Jackson magic of you got a number of guys that want to be the top top man, but they're sublimating that that ego and pushing that down for the betterment of the team. And we've talked about the Kevin Durant contract last hour. We're talking about, you know, Steph Curry eventually. He comes due. Clay Thompson, his decision, and then the wild card that is Draymond Green and his relationship with Steve Kerr certainly factors in to a degree. But that's a lot of guys you got to try to feed, right? As much as they'll they're willing to sacrifice for the greater good, everybody still wants their touches, everybody still wants their numbers, and you got to keep that train moving and keep them motivated. Certainly during the regular season, they rolled through perfect postseason thus far, and now yet you have it again. So. For Mike Brown, it's a question of what opportunities become available, and then you still have that lingering question about Steve Kerr. Does he come back, or is he? Is there still a long-term issue to where he doesn't get back on the sideline? So Mike Brown is in the perfect spot. That could be it as well. He could be the head coach term. here because we've said that Steve Kerr could walk away. He could be the guy. Listen, if he's really not healthy enough to get back. He could walk away. Now, it's good news that he's thinking I might be able to come back to the NBA Finals. It's maybe in a full offseason of rest he might be able to start, but certainly that could be the outcome as well, that Mike Brown becomes the head coach of Golden State. But more interesting, you said something. You said. I say a lot of things. You said just seconds ago, you said he's the one driving this train. Train kept driving rolling this train. all night long. And now the lead singer of train will have to sing the national anthem at every Golden State Warrior game. And Huey Lewis is ticked off like you would not believe. Huey Lewis is going, train? Train? Really? They've had two songs, and it was 20 years ago. Joe Montana would not stand for this. (laughs) Coming up. Coming up in game two, Dexie's Midnight Runners will do the nice. national anthem. There you go. Do they still wear the overalls in concert? <laughs> Are you ready for the Kyle Corver tweet of the night? Yes, please. This from Woodson Death Grip. He's a longtime listener. Kyle Corver is now saving the catfish he was going to throw out on the court for game two. <laughs> Tough to beat that one. <laughs> All right, now we're Remember, coming no back, charges guys. are going to be filed. I threw a catfish on the court. We're coming back now. Coming up next, Chris Broussard stops by to help us break down game one of the NBA Finals. And Teron Lou said something that completely is 180 degrees opposite of what he said just five days ago. That's coming up next. This is the Jason Smith Show. Game one train party is rolling. I'm very, very excited about it. Come on, Tim. I can't get you in tonight. I know you had a couple of hits, but I can't get you in tonight, Fox. Get ready, Oracle. Here's your national anthem singer for game two. When I say, come on, you say, Eileen. I say, come on, you say, Eileen. Eileen. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, and, of course, Eileen, TJ. Live from the Geico Studios. 
Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. So you had um, Train do the National Anthem in Game 1. No, just the have, lead singer of Train. Yeah, well, yeah, the lead singer of Train. They didn't bother. All, get, it's all the guys. Are, no, one guy. You get Dexy's Midnight Runners, and instead of the National Anthem, they do Come on, Eileen, but they change the lyrics and go, Poor old LeBron James, and the whole crowd goes crazy. How awesome would that be? I like it. I think there's potential here. Oh, and then they get everybody up and they go, come on, Golden State. Oh, I see how you win at this moment. You can do anything. Just think about that. Pat Pretty good. Are they still the on tour, though? Dexy's Midnight Runners? Yeah. Since 1983, they had, they've they been had, on tour? They had two live appearances in 2016. <laughs> uh, one in London in, well, two. One at the Irish <laughs> Embassy in London and then at something called Rough Trade East. In London. Oh, rough trade. Yes. <laughs> that's, I don't know. I don't know what that sounds like. Rough trade. I don't know. Part of me thinks like that's a really hardcore, like late night Cinemax movie or, you know, or it's, I, I don't know. It's I don't know like what to do with that. Let's move on. You know, there was rough trade East when uh, Britain decided to trade with the East India companies back in the 1600s. What are you going back to the Pirates of the Caribbean? No, no. I went back to high school. You learned about the East India Company. Yeah, then, yeah, you know, yeah. There's a couple of big movies about that that always take place there. I, I always thought, oh, yeah, the trade with the East India. I forget. How did that you work? You feel again? all smart again. Thanks. Unless you don't. Uh, you're not going to believe this, but Teron Lu has decided to completely reverse himself from what he said just five days ago. If you remember, Teron Lu, in the middle of the series against the Celtics, said, this is the best team I've ever coached against. They're so good. Oh, and it's not Isaiah Thomas. Without him, it's Bradley, and they move around, and they do so many different things. This is without Isaiah Thomas. Teron Lu said, the Celtics, this is the toughest team to coach against because they're running around doing a lot of things. Now, I get what Teron Lu is trying to go for. He's like, wait a minute. No one's giving me any credit at all here for being a head coach. LeBron's getting off. Well, I want you to know that trying to play against the Celtics without an MVP candidate is very, very difficult. And, of course, it backfired on him. But everybody said, come on, really? Teron Lu, come on. Really? Really going to say that? Well, after game one of the NBA Finals, the Warriors beat the Cavaliers 113-90, to a game that the Cavaliers just watched the Warriors pull away from them early on until the end of the fourth quarter. In his post-game press conference, he was asked his opinion about this Golden State Warrior team. Obviously, there's no team that's unbeatable. At the same time, you know their record right now in the postseason. They have not lost a game. How well is this team playing? I know it's tough to answer that when you've just been beaten by them somewhat soundly. How well is this team playing right now? And does that record reflect how good this team is right now? Yeah, they're the best I've ever seen. Okay. Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> they're the best I've ever seen. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, no other team has done this, right? Yeah. So, you know, 13-0 and – um, they can they constantly break records every year. You know, last year being seven three and nine, this year starting playoffs thirteen and zero. So um, they're playing good basketball, but we can play better. So it was just a few days ago that Teron Luce said, "Oh, this Celtics team now it's they're the best. Wow, this team this is the best team I ever coached against. It's like it's his first day in the NBA. Boy, 
these guys are all really good. Durant, I mean, Durant was just making dunks, and that Curry guy, he can hit it from anywhere. I didn't know this. Ah, this is a really tough team to play against, guys. This is the equivalent of the don't hit send, right? Don't hit send when it's all said and done. Why, why even go that route? I mean, you're not winning anything. People have already written what they will about how good this Warriors team is. So even if you are literally have sarcasm dripping from your mouth, what does it read as? Uh, you know, they're the best ever. And only this time, people don't laugh it off like they did against the Celtics. Against the Celtics, like, come on, coach. Why are you wasting our time with this? Now, if you're literally going to put up the white flag, just do it and walk away. Don't, <laughs> don't even continue the line of thought and just step away from the podium. Because you can do a couple of things better. How about following up saying they, they missed 15 uncontested layups in the first half? How are you going to defend those, coach? Come on, this is asinine. Boy, I mean, really, he sounds like I, he won a contest. And, you know, I showed up on the side. What is this, Eddie? These guys. There's Frank Langella. He's bringing down Whippy, Whippy Goldberg now. Wait, wait, wait. No, Fra- no, it was Frank Langella? Yeah, he was the owner. Oh, no, but Dennis Farina was the was the coach. Yes. Play. Right, okay. All right, gotcha. All right, oh, yeah. That was when Whoopi Goldberg was dating Frank Langella, which was kind of weird. Why? Because I, 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 he's like Why, because he was Dracula? He's like... <laughs> He's like 90. He was. He was one of many Draculas. Dead, Look it up I think on your... everybody is Dracula. Ryan Reynolds will be Dracula at some point during his You career. mean he hasn't been? No, I, don't, I don't think, yeah. He's been dead. He's been Green Lantern and Deadpool. That's confusing enough. Okay. Deadpool he jumped from DC soon. to Marvel. That's crazy. Well, but free agency. This shows you about Teron Liu. When you say something like that because you want to beef up your own resume. And, hey, the Celtics are tough to – I mean, Really? Are you you know you could have said many things if you wanted to talk about the Celtics as you know hey look just because they've lost Isaiah Thomas doesn't mean they're not a dangerous team they're running around like crazy look at what they were able to do at the end of game three right they'll play this is loose still a dangerous play, team yeah, exactly. yeah instead you say this is the toughest team I mean it really like he wanted people to say oh you're right Teron Lou you do a great job because I get it he's upset and he gets a little bit tweaked at times because he never gets any credit. He had to go. He had to go on and and talk about how he had the toughest job in the league this year. Oh yeah, you managed. Does LeBron James listen to you? Did he get you fired like David Blatt? No, so you're okay. But he talked about he has con- constantly had to pump himself up. As you know, the kind of coach I am. You know how tough the job is. I have to do. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I get that it's tough. No other coach says that. No other coach says, "Boy, this is really really difficult." It's what you get paid for. You're the coach of the team. You, like I said, you didn't win a contest, but that's what you're dealing against when you're talking about coaching in the NBA Finals. And Teron Liu, for many times, has been more concerned with give me credit than it is about game planning. You, re- you really want to tell me you had difficulty game planning for the Celtics? Really? I think LeBron had to see that and go, Coach, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you having trouble game planning here? I got this. Don't worry about it. I'll start playing probably halftime of game five against the Celtics. Don't worry. We'll, we'll be fine. We'll win. Everything will be all good. I mean, I... At that point, Teron Lou lost all credibility. And now here he is going, wow. Like he wasn't prepared. Wow, they're, they're really, really good. I, I'm really shocked you asked me the question of how good this team is. <laughs> I, I did like in the long-winded question how the guy made sure to point out, and you were beaten um, rather soundly. <laughs> so I would expect him to just say blank you and walk away and not, you know, be saying, yeah. I'd ask, rather you not ask the question. Thank you very much. <laughs> 
<laughs> please, please don't, don't make me say that again. But that, but that's right. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, and, and you hear that and you go, okay, how much is Teron Lue out of his depth? No, but just say that, say your piece. Look, we missed up on some rotations early. They got a, a bunch of easy looks. I thought we did well closing down the three-point shooters for the night. They struggled at times. We did a good job there. And leave it at that. There's things, obviously, we need to ratchet up, some things we need to tighten up. But to, to go back to the well and, and throw that up, it's just, a, it's just a bad move. You're on the biggest stage in your game now. Okay, the other one, again, you could dismiss it and just say, wow, that guy's just talking crazy. Like we've seen with how many of these other circumstances where it's just a, a throwaway comment. In this case, like it's game one. Your team just got handed it to him. Now's not the time to you know, make the joke of how you, you've still got LeBron James. Okay, how's that going to resonate with him and Kyrie Irving back there? Forget about the rest of the team. Those were the two guys that showed up. Tonight. <laughs> how's that going to resonate that you're now, you know, trying to get chuckles about how good your opponent is? It's a bad look. Well, let's realize four people showed up tonight. Durant, Steph, LeBron before he got exhausted and the lead singer of Train and Rihanna. Rihanna, Rihanna showed up. Rihanna yelling brick at Kevin Durant may have been the best part of game one. And and Kevin Hart's always around. That's what I've decided. He must have been cloned. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon coming up the next half hour. We got Chris Broussard coming up in a minute. We got Kevin Durant and Steph Curry at the podium coming up as well. But first, here's what's trending. Can the Cavs win game two? Will the Warriors win it? All right, there's our answer. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon. Will we see a new Mr. Met? All right. We're going to get a new Mr. Met, too. I like this song. It answers all the questions. It's like a magic eight ball (laughs) set to music. Joining us now on the hotline in the Fox Sports Radio Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. That means you should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports Radio, NBA insider Chris Broussard. Chris, you know, here's the thing. Watching game one, we watched Steph Curry and Kevin Durant have great games, and Draymond Green and Klay Thompson pretty much have awful games. How does Cleveland get ready for game two knowing we still had half of the star power play awful and we lost by 23? Yeah, yeah. They, they've got a lot of work to do. But, um, and look, I picked the Warriors in six. Right now, it certainly looked like it could be four or five after that game. But let's remember, last year Cleveland was pretty much blown out of the first two games and down 3-1, obviously, and comes back to win. So a series can shift, especially when you've got you know a talent like LeBron James and then Kyrie Irving. Um, I think it's an uphill climb. Uh, obviously their defense is their number one problem. Uh, and, and to your point, I mean, Golden State didn't even – I mean, Clay, and he missed some open shots, open threes, wide open threes, a couple mid-range shots, shots in the paint that he should be able to hit and normally would hit. If he does that, I mean, this thing is a blowout really early. Um, so it's a lot to worry about because even though he's been struggling throughout the playoffs, you have to figure he's going to get hot um, at some point. And, and then Draymond, uh, the fact that he really was taken out of the game early with the two fouls, that's got to be a concern too. So Cleveland's margin for error is minimal, 
And um, so they got a lot of work to do, obviously, with the turnovers and everything else. So they face an uphill battle. There's no question about it. You know, I, I don't know if I'm being too simple or if I think this is this is right on. But you look back 365 days ago, the Cavaliers won a thrilling seven-game series, which the turning point was Draymond Green getting suspended, and it was a close game seven. In the last 365 days, the Cavaliers have added Darren Williams and Kyle Corver, and the Warriors added Kevin Durant. I mean, is, is that is that too simple? Is or is that, that well, that's what you have right there, right? <laughs> well, look. I think, and I think most people feel like the Warriors were the better team last year. Um, and I'm not going to blame it all on Draymond Green's suspension. Who knows what would have happened. But regardless, I think the Warriors were better. I think LeBron James and Kyrie Irving's individual brilliance lifted them over a team that was better than them. And I give them a chance to do that again this year. But remember that team that they're playing that that last year was better than them to your point added the second or third best player in the world i mean they're light years i know the record wasn't 73 wins i think they could have got 73 74 whatever if they had really tried they're better than they were last year i don't care what the record said and and now you saw tonight steph is being himself this was kind of like the Steph Curry we were seeing last year. And then you got Kevin Durant, who was awesome. So now that those two are in sync and Steph isn't kind of deferring and not taking his crazy three-pointers and all that stuff, now you really got something to deal with. Cleveland's a little bit better than last year. Golden State's a lot better than last year, and I think that's the problem for the Cavs. A lot of uncontested dunks, 15 missed oh layups God. to keep the Cavaliers in the game. That was the first half total, Chris. So I have to ask one very simple question. Did you see Tristan Thompson tonight? Because <laughs> I'm still looking for him. Yeah, he. i tell you what. They, I mean, they won the rebounding battle, but they need to dominate the rebounding battle, and the paint. And they just gave the Warriors too many offensive rebounds. I think they had eight in the first right. quarter. They, you can, I mean, when you have Zaza, and, you know, getting offensive rebounds and second-chance looks, you can't have that. It, I mean, if you don't give up any offensive rebounds, it's still a, a, a tough chore to stop the Warriors. But when you're giving them second-chance shots, and let's face it, Zaza early on, I was yelling at the screen because he was <laughs> passing up easy dunks and layups, right? Yep. He's not you. I mean, Cleveland's defense was atrocious. Everything it looked like the Warriors got was wide open. Zaza was it was getting wide open pass to the basket. Obviously, Durant did. They focused on taking away the threes, and that ended up parting the lane like the Red Sea. And and obviously, they took advantage of it. The Warriors, so. Cleveland's defense was poor all year, looked better against the Eastern Conference in the playoffs, but that's a weak Eastern Conference, and they did a lot of trapping and blitzing in the playoffs that you cannot afford to do against the Warriors. All right, Chris, uh, lastly, let complete this sentence for me. The Cavaliers win game two if what? what? What's the one thing you look at and say, if they do this, they can win game two? 
Well, I don't think they'll win game two. But, uh, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to yeah. make another Ten Commandments reference, yeah, Charlton. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's out. Ask me about game but, three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they got to dominate the glass. They can't turn the ball over as much. They, you know, Golden State didn't light them up from the three point line, which was good for them. But um, they, they, they need J.R. Smith gives them three points. He's got to make Steph work on the defensive end. Um, they got, look, they're overmatched, I think, but, um, LeBron and Kyrie have to be extra special. They were good tonight. I mean, LeBron had the turnovers, but they were good tonight, but they got to be super special and they weren't. You can follow him on Twitter, Chris Broussard, Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports One, NBA Insider Extraordinaire, Chris underscore Broussard. That's at Chris underscore Broussard, and again, you can see his latest In the Zone podcast up there as well. Chris, as always, appreciate it. We'll enjoy talking to you soon, man. Enjoy the games. All right, fellas. Thanks. See you, Chris. All right. There goes Chris Broussard. Again, Chris Broussard's latest uh, In the Zone podcast sits down with Seth Curry, and he talks about stories growing up with Steph and all the volatile one-on-one games they used to have with each other. So a fun listen there if you get a chance. It's right at the top of Chris Broussard's Twitter page. Coming up next, what you waiting for? KD and Steph hit the podium after their epic Game 1 victory. Keep it here, Fox Sports Radio. I'm all right. I'm a football player. Oh, we'll hear from him in 15 minutes. Fox Sports Radio. Who, me? Train! Train! Cleveland! The Jason Smith Show. Great news, great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Since it is training on the show, you know, we're, we're really going deep, not only just playing train songs, but groups that sound like they could be trained if to the untrained ear. Oh, I should have done it like Berman. DJ. Groups that sound like trained to the untrained ear. Can we also just have random country songs about trains? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? And I think that would be better because oh. this is going to make my ears bleed pretty we, soon. We need Elton John's train. I was a big fan of that one. And this train. A little, little Rod stop. Stewart downtown train. Oh. Will I see you tonight? All those dreams fall like rain. Yeah. At night train. Bottoms up. <laughs> I'm on the night train. People in Cleveland right now. Analyzing where this series is headed, perhaps hitting the night train. Thanks to Chris Broussard, who joined us a few minutes ago to talk Warriors 113, Cavaliers 90. I am feeling very good about my Warriors in four prediction, and I have to say it while it's still mathematically possible, which is the only reason why I keep bringing it up. Four. 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 Get them fours up, I said. Meanwhile. Not two. Not three. No, not the guy. Not the guy. If he's counting losses in NBA Finals, he's going to (laughs) keep going pretty soon. Not six. Not seven. I believe it. Kevin Durant, 38 points tonight for the Warriors. Steph Curry with 28 as the Warriors pull away from the Cavs. Throughout the course of the game, it was a five-point game. It was seven. It was nine. It was 11. It got to 15, 18. That's kind of the game it was. There was no one point where it was now the Warriors go on a nice little run for three or four minutes and suddenly they're up by 20. This is not the Stanley Cup final where the Penguins play for three minutes a night and suddenly they're up to zip. No, this was a steady beatdown of the Cavaliers. And just a couple moments ago, Durant and Curry hit the podium together. Let's take a listen and see if maybe someone brought up the fact that Rihanna yelled brick 
when Kevin Durant was shooting free throws. Kevin, you know you had LeBron as the assignment. He guarded you. What were you thinking going into this? What were you emphasizing, and how did you think that matchup turned out? Well, it's not about me. Uh, you know, he's going to do what he does. You know, he's LeBron James. He can, you know, he's, uh, you guys know what he can do. So I just try to play as hard as I can and not make it about a matchup. It's about us. It's about Golden State Warriors versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, and uh, we, we only going to do it together. And, you know, that's just our whole mindset. And uh, so I just try to do my part, stay locked in on both ends and uh, have some fun out there. Uh, but they're tough to stop, you know, but I think we did it as a group tonight. Same row towards the center. Yeah, uh, for question for Steph, Ryan Leong with the Associated Press Radio. Steph, you mentioned how you don't want to relive anything that happened last year. Where does this win put you guys as far as, like, just taking the lead in this series to start off? I mean, uh, it's a focus on what's in front of you. And you know, we had an opportunity to win our, you know, the first game of the series, get off to a good start. We were able to do that. Like Kay said, we uh, feel like we can play much better, um, especially offensively and early in the game, just um, you know, f- finishing better around the rim. Um, it was our open opportunities that we had because we were moving the ball well and, and trying to force him into tough decisions on the defensive end. Uh, but the best thing about tonight, obviously, was just our defensive presence and effort for 48 minutes. They're going to make tough shots. They're a talented team. They have two of the best scorers in the league, so you got to – um, just, just keep pressing, sticking to the game plan. But, um, you know, like I said, focus what's in front of you. You know, win one game. Now we, we look to Sunday to try to do it again. Um, we've been here before and know there's a lot of work left to do. So good start. Rachel, back left. Rachel Nichols, ESPN. Uh, Kevin, you just mentioned having fun out there. Indulge those of us who are not seven foot tall and tell us what it feels like when Steph Curry is drawing defenders and the lanes clear it out for you. You can just go for the basket in NBA Finals game and dunk the way you were doing tonight. Like I said, I'm only as good as my teammates. <clears throat> well, I didn't say that here. I said that uh, to Doris Burke after the game. <laughs> uh, but I'm only as good as my teammates and Steph and Clay and Draymond and Zaza and the rest of the guys. They just we just compliment each other, try to compliment each other and make it the game easier for each other and. You know, in transition, I only could get in transition because we got stops and rebounded. And uh, they're a great offensive rebounding team, you know. And, you know, we got to take them off the glass if we want to, you know, if we want to win. And uh, I think we did a solid job of that. We, They did have, what, 15 offensive rebounds, so we got to correct that. But only way to get out in transition and get those baskets and get the crowd into it is if we get stopped. So I just try to focus on defense. How easy do your teammates make it for you? It's not easy at all. You know, we got to go out there and execute. It's it's hard to be. It's hard to try to do it every possession. You know, you got to stay locked in and focus every possession if you want to do it. So, um, you know, it's it's not it's not it's not uh, easy at all. Robert on the left side. Uh, Robert Latow, Black Sports Online. Uh, Steph, I noticed that you uh, ditched the uh, sleeve uh, for this uh, game. I, th- I thought it looked pretty good fashion-wise um, on you. But uh, what was kind of the decision uh, behind that? Is your elbow feeling better? Low-key, I've always wanted to be like Allen Iverson. <laughs> that was the only way I could really come close. Um, but it just wasn't feeling right, just kind of a split decision, just whatever. Um, success reason don't really matter. Um, just keep playing. 
And I had a quick question for uh, you, Kevin. Um, toward the end of the game, uh, you shot a three, kind of putting the dagger into him, and you looked toward the cro- crowd, toward uh, Rihanna. Uh, was was that uh, uh, on purpose, or <laughs> or do you remember that? Or <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> uh, well, just to let you know, social media is buzzing about Really? It. Yes. Don't get in that trap. Yeah, don't get in that trap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool. Have fun with that. Liar! Liar! She yelled brick while he was shooting free throws. He knows exactly what he was doing. But I like how he does the whole, yeah, I don't know, man. Never no. heard of her. Yeah. Who? And Steph Curry Never says, heard of hey, her. this is NBA Finals. Don't, don't answer that. Don't get in that trap. That. All right, let's move on. I like on. that. Let's move on. It's a brilliant move you. in the Geico studio. Someone tries to bait you. That's a lesson. That's one to grow on. If I'm... Right there. Someone tries to bait you on Twitter, Smith, and I watch you all the time. Yeah. Don't take the bait. <laughs> Don't hit, don't hit send. I'm nervous if I'm Savannah James and Rihanna is this big of a fan of my husband. I'm nervous about that. If why, I'm why you got to do that? Because this is why like, can't she just be a this fan? Is, this is like my life with my wife's friends. They all love me. I mean, I can't. There's no, I, there's nothing I can do. I'm smart. I'm handsome. I'm charming. I'm quick witted. I'm all of it. I mean, I'm the KD of of my life. You have thicker calves. <laughs> a little bit. A little no bit. lift, but this is this is what it, I mean. No I'd jump be, shot. Like my wife is always nervous. You know, I'd be ner- just a little nervous. Rihanna's really hot. You want to refer to yourself as, as the kid in this process? Coming up next, you'll hear from LeBron. Our coverage of Game One continues. Train. What's up? Final hour of the show. It is the Jason Smith Show at Fox Sports Radio, FoxSportsRadio.com, and iHeartRadio. We broadcast live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more. Car insurance, more info. Visit geico.com. Oh, it's train night. They got to do the national anthem every night. And have somebody throw a catfish in the middle of the court. Who knew Train was still performing live, at least the lead singer, performing the national anthem tonight. The thing is, you know... The NBA is hipper than any other sport, right? The NFL still has, like, well, we'll get Tom Petty do halftime of the Super Bowl. And they're starting to get up a little bit. You know, it's Katy Perry. It's Lady Gaga. Okay. But the NBA is hip. Patrick Monaghan. You know? Wait, is isn't he, was he the guy from Lost? No, that, no. That's the lead singer of Train. Oh. I thought it was Patrick. I thought he was the guy from Lost, the blonde head guy. Hey, we're building a church. I thought that was the guy from Lost. I didn't watch it. And he was show. in The Lord of the Rings. He's one of the, no, the, the no, hobbits. Oh, I know. No, yeah. that's Dominic Monaghan. Oh, I thought Monaghan that's who that was. Like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Different guy. He would be multifaceted. He also does a food show. So, I mean, he's been traveling the world and the whole thing. Rihanna was at the game. Yeah, she was heckling late, Kevin Durant. But the lead singer of Train doesn't ask. Really? Train was, I mean, they weren't bad, but it's 20 years ago, Train. They were, they were like, you know. Does he have a minority interest in the uh, ownership of the uh, team? I, I, I don't care what kind of interest he has. You could have come up with somebody different to do the national anthem. I mean, Train is the definition of, if you're programming soft rock stations right now, Train is completely in your wheelhouse. It's like, hey, we got like 10 Train songs we play. Could they have done a long jam version? Maybe the, <laughs> the Grateful Dead mayor like they're going on? On tour together. Coming up next, your favorite songs of the 90s, 2000s, and today. You'll hear Train meet Virginia from 1998, their breakthrough album called Train. I mean, really, I mean, you think 
You think he was sitting at home and he's calling his publicist who probably hasn't talked to him in like weeks because there's no 90s cruise that he can go on yet to do songs? And he's like, anything, Bernice, anything? Yeah, very funny. Yeah, NBA Finals. Yeah, no, really. Oh, oh, really? Really? I, I, I'm there. Yes, I'm there. Really? Train? Just put it out there. Uh, unless Huey Lewis is on tour and, and sequestered to get his vocals and the harmonies that we love so well from the 80s, 90s, and today. <laughs> <laughs> Same equation. Good. If we could do that. If, unless he's absolutely unavailable. How's, how's Huey Lewis I, not brought out there? I don't know. I, I, I want a new drug. I want it does what it should. Well, it won't make me up all night or, you know, or come in a pill. Well, it makes me feel like I do when I'm with you, Mike Carmen. That's what I want. You're borderline walking. In your head, I hear. I know you hear Berman. <laughs> walking on the thin line? <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, just a, really a, little, a little underrated <laughs> Huey Lewis in the news song. Before we get to the game tonight, Draymond Green, who had a very poor game one, wins the... Best post-game outfit award. It's a blue suit with, like, a couple of wide collars running down the middle. He looks like he's leaving the press conference to go to a 17th century-themed prom. <laughs> That's what looks. This year's prom's going to be 17th century. Great. We're going to get to wear the wigs and the makeup and everything. Oh, this is going to be awesome. That looks like where Draymond Green was headed. It's a good-looking thing. <laughs> I mean, you see that go. That's a 17th century prom. That was, that was pretty good. I mean, well, yes, waiting, like for, to... waiting for him to put on a pirate hat or something. Can you please play something by Mozart? Or, if not Mozart, how about Train? I do enjoy that Drops of Jupiter song, if you could please. And we have to talk like this at the prom, even though in Oakland. This is how we speak in Oakland. I do hope Derek Carr gets that extension. I do hope they stop the team from moving to Vegas at some point. I don't like that Sheldon Adelson. going to be honest, pretty cool that he's your headliner. In terms of all the post-game press conferences. <laughs> and it was worth the wait because he brought that suit out. <laughs> 877 on Fox. Twitter at How About a Fresca. That's Twitter at How About a Fresca. Get to LeBron James coming up in a couple of seconds. But Yay. coming off of game one. Remember, I picked the Warriors in a sweep. The two reasons I gave, or the three reasons I was waiting for you to look at me when I said that. The three reasons I, I, I could, gave. I couldn't do it with a straight phase. No. Nope. Because I, I just watched your shoulder fly out of its socket. Because that's the 18th time in the last hour you've done that move. You know, the sweep. You know, that, that I, I predicted here. Three reasons I gave. Number one is because the Cavaliers, they hit threes, but they're not going to hit threes to keep up with Golden State. Their defense is not ready for the type of offense Golden State has with the addition of Kevin Durant. And the Warriors are a laser-focused team. They've been waiting for this series for 365 days. They, and you can tell tonight, two of those three things were on display. The Warriors were focused. They turned the ball over four times. Four turnovers. Four turnovers. Defensively, the Cavaliers looked like they had no idea what was going on. LeBron was exhausted. Running around, he's trying to help. He's getting out of position because every play for the Warriors is a wide-open dunk. J.R. Smith is running out of the lane when Kevin Durant is thundering towards him. It was embarrassing. It's like the they looked like a team that didn't practice all week. We had no idea we'd face this kind of offense out of Golden State. And the worst part for the Cavaliers is that it's not a game where the Warriors went nuts shooting threes. 
I mean, they only made one more three than the Cavaliers did. That's the bad part. But all of this was on display. Sometimes it's simple. And I, I, I know that sometimes we feel like, all right, simple is we want more. You give me something really inside. But think about this. In the last year, when the Cavaliers won, they won a seven-game thriller. They were down 3-1. Draymond Green gets suspended, or they probably don't win the series. Draymond Green gets suspended. The Cavaliers come back, and they win a close game seven. In the ensuing year, they added Kyle Korver and Darren Williams, and the Warriors added Kevin Durant. Durant, 38 points tonight. He, I mean, really, sometimes it's that simple when you're saying, oh, the Cavaliers, their roster is deep. There's this. Yeah, no. You win by collecting stars. This is how you win in the NBA now. And you collected one of the top five guys in the league who just decided, hey, I'm going to show up and go play for you. I mean, honestly, how does anybody think that this series can turn out differently when you're talking about Darren Williams and Kyle Korver versus Kevin Durant? The only thing you can think is that it would extend. Anybody that actually picked the Cavaliers to win, I think either has jumped on board the LeBron James bandwagon and, and is a card-carrying member there going through, or they, they just decided they needed to be different. I, I don't see how, as you progress through all the matchups, that it works. The Warriors didn't play particularly well. LeBron James, they, they, they did a good job, did the Cavaliers' defense early closing out the three-point shot, but what did that do? It was a layup line. And they missed 15 they layups. Missed a lot of them. I am going to keep bringing that stat up because it just boggles the mind. They missed 15 layups in the first half. And it was still, it was an eight-point game at, the, at half. And it didn't feel like an eight-point game in any way, shape, or form. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios here on Fox Sports Radio. Again, if you missed any of the show, you can download the podcast right after the show is over. Listen to all our breakdown of Game 1, Rihanna, not Rihanna, Train, not Train. Go to iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. It's up there. You can listen to it again right after the show is over. It goes up. Rate it. Give us five stars. We will love you forever and ever. So we've heard from Mike Brown. We heard from Kevin Durant. We heard from Steph Curry. How about LeBron James following the game one defeat? LeBron filled up the stat line, 28 points, 15 boards, and eight assists. Did turn the ball over eight times, seven in the first half. How is he feeling following the game one loss? Let's listen to the King. From your perspective, what went wrong in that third period? The game was still within reach, and then they broke it open late in the third. Um, turnovers. And, uh, you know, that's... Well, just the third quarter was the whole game, you know, and it started with myself, you know, having some, some turnovers, especially in the first half. You know, I pride myself on not turning the ball over, and I did it too much. So, you know, 20 turnovers for 21 points on the road and uh, 56 points in the paint. You know, uh, we did a great job of covering the three-point line, but other than that, you know, they uh, – you know, they played a hell of a game. Just one follow-up with that. Uh, so much was made about the time off for both teams. Any uh, prospect of rust being a factor? No, nah, I don't think so. Um, but I also know that you cannot uh, simulate, you know, what they bring to the table. No matter how many days that you have to prepare, you can't simulate, uh, you know, what they have. So, you know, it's great to get the first game up underneath us. You know, we made a lot of mistakes. They capitalized, and uh, we get an opportunity to get a couple of days to – uh, to see what they did, to see what we did wrong, and how we can be better in game two. Joe, left side over here. Joe Varden, Cleveland.com. LeBron, um, if there was one thing that, that stands out to you about them, whether it's speed or, or, or whatever, what, what, would it, what was it for tonight? KD. He's just, obviously, he hasn't been here in the last two finals. I mean, what, 
what is it about him? What kind of impact does he make? How does he change things? I mean, you take uh, one of the best teams that we had ever assembled last year, you know, that we saw in the regular season and in the postseason, you know, and then, you know, in the offseason, you add a a high-powered offensive talent like that and and a great basketball IQ like that. You know, that's what stands out. I mean, it's no... It's no ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, it's it is what it is, and you know we got to figure out how to, uh, you know, t- how to combat that. You know, which is going to be a tough challenge for us. But you know, that's what stands out. Mike, here in the third row. Mike Wise, uh, ESPN's the undefeated. LeBron, uh, Doc Rivers said that the Warriors have this penchant for making teams uh, almost concentrate too much on the three. You start to get it in your head that you need to prevent them from three-pointers, and then the inside opens up. Uh, were you guys victims of that tonight? Did you feel that? No, nah, we was victims of ourselves for one. Uh, like I said, we had 20 turnovers, and there's no way you're going to win a ball game having 20 turnovers against this team and on the road. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, we gave up a lot of, in transition. They had 27 points on fast breaks. And follow-up, um, Kyrie and you got into a lot of isolation situations. Do you feel like the ball needs to move a little more? I mean, that's part of our game. Right. I mean, that's part of our game. It's what got us here. You know, so, um, you know, like I said, we definitely want to be more in the 20s and assists, but that's what got us here. And, uh, you know, we got to be able to make shots. We got to be able to move the ball. We know that. But, you know, playing ISO ball um, has helped us get to this point and has gave us success in the last three years. So, you know, we don't want to have a high, steady diet of it because the defense, you know, has become stagnant and, you know, our players become stagnant. But, you know, that's part of our package. Standing in the back under the camera. LeBron, Chris Fedor, Cleveland.com. When your offense isn't flowing the way that you're used to and you're turning the ball over the way that you were tonight, what can be done, if anything, to not allow that to carry over to the defensive end? Well, I think, uh, I mean, a couple instances. First of all, we got to stop the ball in transition. There was a few times where we fanned out to the three-point line and let guys just go right down the middle for a dunk. You know, and I know I believe KD had two or three of those. So, you know, when you turn the ball over, you got to know that you know that's their best. That's when they become very dangerous because you know, those guys, you know, they they sprint down the lane, they sprint to the three-point line, and they put a lot of pressure on your defense. So. You know, but the ball is the number one thing. You know, we got to stop the ball first and then fan out to the three-point line if those guys, uh, you know, go there. Third row in the center. Tess Stevens, ABC7, San Francisco. Um, were you surprised how many times the Warriors drove in and got to the rim tonight? Uh, no, I wasn't surprised at anything. Um, you know, they are a high-powered offensive team. They can shoot the ball from the perimeter. They can get into the paint. Uh, they do everything um, exceptionally well, if not great. So never surprised by anything that they can do. Back right on three. LeBron, Davide Chinellato, Gazzetta Italy. Uh, as a leader, what is your message to your teammates after a bad loss like this? Uh, let's get focused on game two. Uh, you know, we made a lot of mistakes. You know, it's nothing really that need to be said. Uh, we know uh, we we're capable of playing a lot better. You know, we didn't, we didn't play... Um, as well as we know we're capable of. So uh, we look forward to the next one. Hey, Michael, what is your favorite topping out of your pasta? Do you like Reggiano? Do you like Parmigiana? Do you like Regatta? What do you like? It's about the depth of questions being asked, LeBron James. <laughs> I hey, that, that. Uh, Kevin Durant, uh, <laughs> what's he do to make this different? <laughs> I love how the guy from Italy gets the question. I have no <laughs> idea what he said there. Try to break that one down. Yeah. We'll break down that circus coming up next. We'll 
tell you exactly why when you talk about pressure in the NBA Finals, you're talking about the wrong people. Our Game 1 train party breakdown continues on Fox Sports Radio. And the Warriors continue to be unbeaten in the postseason. 13-0. and 0. And they have taken Game 1 with a final score of 113-91. to And draw first blood in the 2017 NBA Finals. Warriors Radio Network on the call, a game that you can't say they were boat race. You can't say they were drilled. It was over the course of four quarters, the Warriors casually pulled away from Cleveland. They led by five after the first quarter. They were up by seven at the break. That lead turned into a bigger margin in the third quarter. It got to 20 at one point. And the Cavaliers really have been, so far in this series, in this game, they've been outmanned. People are missing, Mike, when they talk about pressure. All the talk coming into game one was, oh, the pressure's on Kevin Durant. Pressure's on Steph Curry following the loss last year. If the Warriors don't win, they're going to be, what's wrong with them? Why can't they win? How do they get here and not win? And everybody's got it wrong. You saw tonight, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry have zero pressure on them. None. They're running up and down the floor. Durant is dunking off the jump. Curry's making threes and doing the Draymond Green nut kick celebration reaction. There is no pressure on them because of the star power on the team, and this is why Kevin Durant went there, is because if they lose, it's the Warriors lose. It's not Steph Curry's fault. No one blamed Steph Curry last year after they lost in seven games. The guy that got some of the blame was Kevin was. Draymond Green because of his suspension, but he did come back and play great in Game 6 and Game 7. LeBron got the credit for winning. The Warriors, it wasn't, oh, the Warriors, Draymond Green, you you this, you that. They didn't do it. If they lose this year, it's not going to be, oh, Kevin Durant was a guy. No. The pressure is on who it's always on, LeBron James. Every finals he is in, it's either you win and it's okay, we expect you to do this, or lose and it's, ah, it's another appearance by the King in the finals, and he comes up short. There is all the pressure is always on LeBron James. None of it's on anybody else. You could see the way they played tonight. LeBron James left defensive assignments, tried to cover up for teammates who were lost with what the Warriors are doing with their motion offense, off the cuts, off the screens. It was ugly. And all you saw Durant and Curry was playing free and easy, hoisting up threes, laughing, laughing about Rihanna, all kinds of stuff. The pressure is always on LeBron James. None of it is on Golden State. No, because even if it comes out, if Golden State loses, how much time is spent talking about Golden State? None, except in the Bay Area. It's going to be all about the greatness of LeBron James. And look what he did to overcome this team, this juggernaut, this supposed greatest team of all time, two years running and everything else. It's it's not going to be about them. They're anecdotes, right? That's It'll be about the statistics of LeBron James and then whatever mashup of videos and and photographs they want to do, comparing him to Michael Jordan and furthering that narrative. That's what happens if LeBron James wins. It's not about Golden State losing. Again, you, at this point, LeBron James is measured by titles won. Everybody else is by regular season awards. For the Warriors, as a team, last year was a collapse. You have the Draymond Green, you have Bogut getting hurt. You have a number of things that happened for them to get beaten in that game in that series and for Cleveland to hoist the crown. 
you come in this year, Kevin Durant going there didn't get the same reaction. But you got a, a blip on the radar mm. compared to what what LeBron did when he went to, to Miami. Because he's not measured the same way. He's a great player. Steph Curry, great player. Not measured the same way. Think about how much the narrative changed even for that team over a year. When do we talked about? Right? It was the this is the greatest shooting duo of all time. <laughs> Nobody gives a damn about Clay Thompson right now. He played tremendous defense tonight. That's not going to be noted at all. It's going to be, look at what he did offensively. He was a non-factor. But look at how they still run because they have too many weapons for this Cleveland team to match up with. That's what's going to happen. It's not going to be about any of those players. It's about the collective. If they lose, it's the team and more questions about their contracts and who stays and who goes. Everything else is about LeBron James and his place in history. Everybody else, just a guy in terms of that conversation. You guys are all Jags. In, in that conversation. conversation, they are. You know how much I love using Jag? I, I love Mike Mayock. I will thank him forever for coming up with Jag, just so we could use and, that. And we take it liberally eh, and give a, him many thanks. He's a Jag. Because that's that's it. That That's where the conversation. We had this during the regular season, right, when LeBron James took all those days off and people were still pointing at his statistics. Hey, like The second half of the year, they were awful. And he took a bunch of games off. He doesn't care about the regular season MVP award. That's for everybody else. You know, and that's one thing looking into game two. The Jason Smith Show, Jason Mike Carmen live from the Geico Studios. Is that it's not like Cleveland can take the next three days and go, all right, we can button this down now. It's because if it was KD was great, Steph Curry was great, Clay was really good, Draymond Green did everything, he was a near triple-double, all right. They did everything. Now we can, we can game plan because we saw them all at their best. We lost by 23. All right, fine. But you can't. If you're Cleveland, it's we lost because Durant was phenomenal and Steph Curry had a great second half. Everybody else stunk. Draymond Green and Klay Thompson were combined 6 for 27 from the floor. They were awful tonight. Nobody really stepped up off the bench and had a great night. You were solid all around because defensively the Cavaliers had breakdown after breakdown, but you know Clay Thompson can score. He could score 25 in the first quarter next game. Draymond Green could be a triple-double. Kevin Durant might not score 38. He may score 20, but you know what? Clay may end up with 32. Curry may end up with 40. Draymond Green could end up with 25 and 15 rebounds. You lost to a team tonight that fired on one-and-a-half cylinders. Durant in the in the entire game, and Curry in the second half. How do you turn that 23-point, 22-point loss into a win on Sunday? I don't see how you do it. When you, it's like, what kind? You already see Teron Lue has tough time. He has a tough time game planning for the Celtics. Boy, it's difficult without Isaiah Thomas, and they, you know it's tough. How is he going to game plan for the Warriors here? I, I don't see how they can turn this around in game two. I don't see it. Well, when they start showing the replay of this, everybody take a minute and watch it. Mute it, of course, so you can hear our, our beautiful voices uh, from the Geico Studios. But the, the fact of the matter is, you missed, you saw the Warriors miss open shot after open shot after open shot and wide open layups. Part, you know, We had Chris Broussard on. He made the analogy that I had kind of scrawled in the margins of my, my rundown was parting of the Red Sea. It was straight out of the old Charlton Heston Ten Commandments movie from that you see every Easter. <laughs> Nobody there because they're closing out on the three-point shooters. They they were expecting contact, so they're missing layups. Hence the 
stat padding for Kevin Love. <laughs> that doesn't happen in yeah, game two. He did have a lot of rebounds because he was there when they were missing. La- I'm pulling it off the boards. All right. Right. They, the, game him, two, it's going to be a much different animal. And if you're just saying it's all Cleveland can adjust here, here, and here, uh, look at the other side of the equation. Yeah, he and Kyrie stat-wise looked like they had a good game. They didn't. Kyrie didn't control the game. This wasn't the Kyrie Irving you saw. He had one great play. He had the falling down three and the four-point play that kept it close for a little bit. Kevin Love shot horrendously, and the rebounds he pulled pulled down, he was all by himself because Golden State missed layups. I mean, that that's that was that was seven or eight of his rebounds were on plays like that. I don't see how they turn it around for game two. I'm feeling pretty good about my Warriors sweep. Oh, matched it up, did you? Dating can be difficult, so if you're not using Match, you are missing out. Start searching and connecting for free today at Match.com. That's Match.com, 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 M-A-T-C-H.com. If you want to match Cleveland in a win, well, good luck. If you want to match Golden State in a win, hey, Match.com. If you want to match Draymond Green in the Tim Burton film, hey, you go to Match.com after that outfit he wore tonight. If you're a Cleveland fan looking for a little bit of camaraderie and a shoulder to cry on. <laughs> the Nightmare Before Game 2. Go there. Starring Draymond there Green. Trust me, go to my Twitter account, at How About a Fresca, see what Draymond Green was wearing during his postgame press I don't conference. get it. Come, that's why you have to go to my Twitter account. Sorry, Barney Gumble. Coming up in one minute, news today surrounding Game 1 Maybe bad news for the rest of the NBA if your name is not the Golden State Warriors. Why? You'll find out. But first, here's what's trending. Oh, if they had just played this song for Tiger Woods when he got pulled over in Jupiter, Florida. Oh, Tiger, here you go. This is for you. Really? I don't know. You got to be that guy. When am I going to get Jupiter, Florida, and train drops of Jupiter newsworthy within 24 hours of each other? That's never going to happen again. No, it, it is a strange That's convergence. It's never going to happen again. Means I the, had to do it here. The end is nigh. <laughs> get right with yourself. Um, I'm hopeful that Soul Asylum will do the national anthem before Run game away, two. train never comes. <laughs> How about that? Fox Sports Radio. Yeah! Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Find out how much you can save on auto insurance. Yep, lead singer of Train. Dominic Monaghan did the national anthem tonight. Who? <laughs> you leave Frodo alone. Guys, where right, are he we? Wasn't Frodo. I forget uh, which guy he was. No, he wasn't Frodo. No, he wasn't Sam. Uh, no, Sam was Sam was Aston. Right. Frodo was Frodo, Elijah Frodo Wood. Frodo was Elijah Wood, yes. Dominic Monaghan was the other guy. <laughs> you know, he's like in a band. He's the bassist. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Nikki Six might be here. Hang on a second. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, because he actually wrote all the songs, yeah, so I don't know, try I to know. dismiss him. I know. You're the, you know, you are, you're the keyboard player. That's who you are. Let's you're, see. You're the Dizzy Reed of the band. Are you he, uh, trying to get a bass busted over your head? <laughs> well, oh. it would be game used. You know how much I could sue Nikki Six for? Remember the head with a base? Here, are you kidding? Oh, I didn't see anything. I'd split. Oh, you don't want money, I guess. That's right, fine. I yeah. would. I would not give you part of the settlement then. All right. Well, he played Mary Brandy Buck in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay. Chris Bradley in X Men Origins. Oh, that's right. He was in Origins. I forgot uh, about that. Wild Things with Dominic Monaghan uh, has been running since 2012. So there you go. All right, and he was in Lost. But the lead singer of Train that did the national anthem, his name is 
Mon his last name is Monahan. Patrick Monahan. Bridget Moynihan. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, it's train night, everybody. Well, look, when you get dry, TJ, and when drops of Jupiter fall from the heavens and through the net for the Warriors, the train kept rolling through the Cavaliers. And can I just say, bad job by him. He was, he's on, I, I think he was on Twitter. We're looking for his official Twitter account. If he didn't promote this well, then then that's just foolish. Oh, wait, the, the lead singer from Train is on Twitter? I'm, I mean, who I'm knew? looking for him now. I, I don't even know how they got him. They probably said, hey, dude, you want to do the anthem? Because, like, you know, Rihanna said she won't do it now. She's really, really mad. She said she won't get there early <laughs> enough. Come on. Uh, this is bad news for the rest of the NBA. Ahead of game one tonight, that was won handily by the Warriors, there are reports that Kevin Durant will take less money in the offseason to re-sign with the Warriors so the Warriors can keep their important bench players Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston, who are coming up for new contracts. As much as $4 million would go a lot to try to, you know, pay these guys to stay. This is why it's bad news for the rest of the NBA. Because Kevin Durant right now, he's not doing it to be a nice guy. Kevin Durant is doing it because he's looking to secure his legacy. Look, he's doing exactly what LeBron James did when the pressure got too much for him in Cleveland and he went to team up in Miami with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh because he figures, okay, if I team up with superstars, maybe we win, and when we lose, or if we lose, I won't get all the blame. LeBron not realizing he's the biggest star in the game. He's going to get the blame anywhere he goes. But he went to four finals, one, two, and now, hey, I'm back in Cleveland and I don't have to worry about that resume-building part of my career anymore. Kevin Durant's doing the same thing. He's in Golden State. He's at the point where he is the middle of the early part of his prime, and it's now my resume time. For three or four years, he'll play in Golden State, and he'll win titles and go to finals. So people, in the end of four years, when he walks away with two titles, three titles, whatever it is, and then decide to go home to Washington, wherever he wants to go play after that, the... Why can't he win a championship? He's not a pressure player. Will not dog him like it did earlier in his career. He left Oklahoma City. Couldn't take it. He's very thin-skinned when it comes to criticism. We know this. So now he's in Golden State where he's not getting criticized. He's someone that can hide amongst all the superstars they have. So if they lose, will people say, oh, Durant needed to play better if he doesn't play? Of course. But it's not going to be, oh, the LeBron level of you didn't do it, and we're going to poke through and find reasons why you didn't do it, and it's all your fault. Kevin Durant is not strong enough mentally to be the number one alpha guy. We've said this many times. So he joins up with Golden State so he can kind of hide amongst everybody. He's happy. They're winning. They're loaded with talent. So I'll take $4 million less. I'll make it up someplace else. And I'm all good. I've already had huge contracts in my life. I want to keep winning. And then when he's 31, 32, things will be a little bit different. He can get to the second part, the back half of his prime. That's what he's doing. Do another one of those three-year Opt out after two deals, get paid, give a little bit back so you can keep this core together. Making up in the shoe deal, the Nike estimated deal that he's got. Oh, those approach, ZO2, that ZO2 deal that he's got yeah, is going to be a it, lot It could approach of up to $300 million <laughs> based on the terms. Yeah. And they did uh, an interesting thing with the release of a shoe tonight where it went on sale after tip-off, after Patrick Monahan did his thing and all the introductions, and Michael Buffer came out and did his song and dance for whatever they paid him. Why they paid him for the NBA Finals, I have no idea, but that's a whole lot. It's not my money. I can't complain. Good for the economy. Go spend it, Mr. Buffer. But the they had a shoe release that when he was on the court, it was available. Sold out in eight minutes. 
at, at 150 bucks a pop, however many thousand they decided to sell of those. So merchandising is good. The business of Kevin Durant being on this team, being in prime time repeatedly, and then having deep runs in the playoffs more than com- compensates for the $4 million he, quote, loses by deciding to stay with the Warriors. And then once basketball's back in Seattle, if he wants to go do that at the end, he can go do that in the short term. Again, I'll beat this drum all day long. Nobody's measured by the same things that LeBron James is in the current NBA. He's a guy that it's about how many rings he wins and anything else is a failure, no matter how well he plays. Everybody else is playing for regular season, and for a guy like Durant, this is where he build, he gets to build that, mm-hmm. as you said, and then perhaps it's a different argument three to four years from now. As of now, he's just a guy on this team. He may be the leader. Steph may be the leader in game two. You may have those go back and forth. But what it's done is you've got all of these players. We did it with Westbrook and Harden and everybody else during the regular season. It's, it's not the same measuring stick. And won't be until he's got a couple under his belt. And then you start talking about, all right, well, what does he do for his next act if there is one? Because you could stay here, and that's, you know, Jeff Van Gundy said it, and many have said it. Oh, this they're set up for a long time. The economics say that that's probably not the case. The egos say mm-hmm. that eventually that's probably not the case, particularly when you have Steph has to get his new deal done, signed a, a nice friendly deal at the time because of all the questions about his ankles. Clay Thompson, does he want to go and be a number one or 1A, whatever he is now, right? Because it's not the greatest shooting duo of all time anymore. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's, that he's definitely guy. number he's four. He's the guy at the, the end of the Justed League. That they, <laughs> no, no, he's the guy in Suicide Squad that shows up, and then he's the guy they make the example of. What was it, oh, Slipknot? Yeah, 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 Slipknot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they introduce him, and then he shows up when they gather them all together. Hey, everybody. And he's like, I'm here. All right, I'm out of here. And he's the guy that dies. My kids looked at me oh, and say, oh, Spoiler alert, you just ruined Suicide Squad. Uh-huh. I've been on HBO 24 hours a day. Bad movie. And it did well at the box office. Point being, <laughs> he was in and out of there. You didn't even miss him. So you have that kind of part of the equation as you go through. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend and movie ruiner, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. It takes more than a roof to make sure your home is covered. Farmers Insurance has over 89 years of knowledge and experience so you can protect what's important to you. Learn more at farmers.com. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Next on Fox Sports Radio, the play of the night. No oh boy. We have some kind of mean tweets from Cleveland Cavaliers fans after, you know, because I predicted the Warriors in four. I haven't said that that much, have I? 27. Fox. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. We're getting ready to do this. Great news, great news. You want to save money, go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more in car insurance. So, we had a plan for the play of the night. Six minutes ago, we had a plan. And then something happened in the last six minutes to throw it out the window. Things change. Again. Hey, the world is not the same as it was 30 seconds ago. Didn't you learn that from draft day? <laughs> that's, that's true. That's Didn't right. you learn that from Sonny Weaver? Yeah, hey, come on. You're in Jacksonville. You're young. You're a bad GM. You're nervous. Get my second round picks. Be a hero. Again, as I've said, 
the Rihanna-LeBron James dynamic is very strange. It's very strange how big of a super fan she is of LeBron James. If I'm Savannah, I'm just it's a little nerve, it's a little nervous that she's this kind of fan of my husband. Like I said, I understand. I understand because this happens to you. This is look, all my all my wife's friends, they love me, love me, love me, love me because I have a job. I'm good looking. I you know I got I, I got a good personality. I have good one liners. The fact that you led oh, with I have a job. Love me, love me, love. Well, that's always number one. That's always number one. You, that you think what women look for number one? Hey, Match.com have a job. You are infinitely more attractive if you have a job. That's the number one thing. They'll look at your employment before they look at how you look. They'll look at your employment. Have a job. It's a good start. There you go. That's my dating advice, but that's what. And I that's mean, one to is, grow on. This is who I am, you know. I, I don't get it. Everybody comes to me for questions all the time about obscure trivia, sports, all, and I, you know, look, I get it. it's tough. I mean, I'm a commodity. I get a little nervous. You sure, you're not just a human eight ball, and, a, and they don't want to use their data no, plan no, no, no. to look, look up for things on on Google. Bald look is cool now. Used to not be. Bald look is in now. But ever it's, since it's Patrick good. Stewart and X Men, it really helped a lot. Uh, but Rihanna, as we know, has been a LeBron James super fan for a long time now. It's getting a little weird. But tonight at the game. And now they're banging each other. Uh, stop. No, oh, hey. Stop. Tonight at the game. Say it. Say it. Rihanna trolled Kevin Durant during free throws by yelling out brick. Yeah. Durant then hit a three later on in the fourth quarter. And. Ran back down the court looking over at Rihanna. This was something that Kevin Durant blew off in the postgame press conference. This was supposed to be our play of the night. It was when he was asked about that play by a reporter, and he said, oh, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention. Steph Curry says, don't wade hip deep into this. He goes, all right, I'm not touching it. Ha ha, that was going to be the play of the night. Until, until we found out a few minutes ago, leaving the Oracle for game one, Rihanna said this while she was walking out with the media in full view of what she was saying. Listen closely because it had to be bleep. This is Rihanna following game one. The king is still the king, blank. Play- Rihanna just walked in front of me. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Play it one more time. King is still the king. Oh, I love when people talk smack walking out. King is still the king. You're down one zip. Scoreboard. Look at the scoreboard. Look uh, at the. But she was getting oh, taunted. She decided to to respond. She's <laughs> now an official S-O. spokesperson for dancer. LeBron James. Okay. I don't sure. Know. Unofficial. I uh, but that's pretty super fan. Do you know? I that's one thing I don't have. I don't have any of my wife's girlfriends walking around going, "The king is still the king." Blank talking about me, like if I have a bad day. Well, you'd call yourself the kid too. Like if I have the a bad, kid is still the kid, the kid is still the kid. Blank. <laughs> like I mean, if I have a bad day, you know, on the radio, if I have a bad show, or you know, maybe my funny one-liners aren't as funny as I expected. You know, they, sometimes you know, you know you're tired. Your game's yeah, off a little bit. I don't have them. I don't have them walking out of my house going, "Ah, oh, the kid is still the kid." Blank. I mean. That I don't have. I, I don't have that. You got to work on that. I do. I do. But you it's, got all summer. I, I know. Be able well, it's the finals of... now. I mean, this is the final. No days off right now. This is the finals. That's right. There's no days off. No, I'm not saying for you, but summer vacations coming. There's gonna be a lot of 
play dates and hanging around. That's this true. is where you really lobby yeah. to lock one or two <laughs> in to go out and evangelize <laughs> on your behalf. I'm a commodity. I go across the middle. Look, as we talk about it in the Geico studios, I mean, that's a reality show. The kid mm-hmm. is still the kid. Blank. <laughs> TJ, the kid is still the kid. Uh, best of luck to Draymond Green uh, following his post-game press conference tonight, wearing the blue suit with the very wide double black collar with the rivets in them as he goes to a 17th century themed prom fall game one. Uh, oh, you know, maybe someone invited him on Twitter and he's doing it. Very nice for Draymond Green. Nice and regal. Pardon I thought he was going to dance like in one of those numbers from Beauty and the Beast. Pardon me. Do you have any great papon? Do you oh, know, boy. I was sent to the bench with two erroneous fouls in the first quarter. I have never committed a foul in my oh, NBA yes. career. Would you believe they did that to me? No, I'm not going to buy for you after the prom is over, despite the fact I'm over 21. But see, this closes that gap in those comparisons to, to uh, Dennis Rodman that we make. Because he was always a snappy dresser who had a good costume about him. No? Twitter. You don't want to touch that? <laughs> Twitter it out about a fresca. Mike Harmon's at Swollen Dome. My buddy Ben Maller coming up next. Train! What's Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? 
We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.